Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Pennick. And we got ourselves a mini wrap, mini wrap, a mini camp wrap up uh, with Zach Rosenblatt. We got Zach Rosenblatt. He's on for 30 minutes. We're going to talk a little bit at the top. And we got giant stories at the end. And at the end, we have to talk about something very serious. I very well may be at the Nathan's Hot Dog Contest and in the Lemonade Chugging Contest that will be on national TV Huge. and representing Talking Giants. Justin, Huge. how are you? Oh, my gosh. There's just so much to get to. So much to get to. I cannot wait to get to the end of the show to talk about that. Hi, Bobby Skinner. We wrapped up minicamp. We wrapped it up, so the next couple weeks it's going to be slow. Take your breath, go to the beach, have some margaritas, and then get ready for football. Six weeks, six weeks, and that's uh, a note, a letter to the players. Six weeks, don't get arrested. You have six weeks to you have fun, but don't get arrested. I mean, these are these are the most crucial six weeks of the year. Don't get arrested. I mean, I mean, you can get arrested, just not nothing serious. I mean, if we could talk about it, analyze it. Um, I'm for it. Yeah, just don't get arrested. But don't, don't do anything we, we have bad. Our, we have our wrap up, con- uh, our mini mini camp wrap up uh and i want to talk about some things at the top but first this episode was brought to you by one special person his name is bob lees leos leos justin who is bob quickly well blair um blair stewart who's also a patreon member if you go to patreon.com slash talk of giants draws month plus some other tiers you can join a community where you get to hang out with us while we record the shows live and blair stewart in the chat uh, said, I once laid out on a skateboard naked and went down a bowling lane. It was a strike. So you get to share your naked bowling stories on Patreon. Patreon.com slash talk. Talk Giants. Thank you to our Patreon members. Naked skateboard parties. All right, Justin. Let's uh, get, get in this rip mini camp wrap up. Um, first, Brian Dable canceled the last day of practice. They did uh, a barbecue. So cool. You know, the, the laid back Brian Dable. Uh, Rep, uh, you know, reputation is living on. Uh, you know, it's definitely a lot less strict, and we talked about that a lot with Zach Rosenblatt. But um, I don't know if this is good or bad. Not the barbecue thing, like that's something a lot of guys do. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how we view training camps for Brian Dable next year, because obviously this is year one, so everything's you know, uh, you know, butterflies and and flowers. But it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, they're not really disciplining guys for mistakes. And, you know, you don't have to do run laps or kill them for fights. But it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. But it's it, right now it, it's it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of sucks that I don't have a large sample size of seeing Joe Judge practices and what those look like. The only Joe Judge practices that I saw were in New England and those were joint practices to begin with. So I do hope, just in general, I hope the Brian Dable training camp practices are somewhat tough. And just because of how lax the NFLPA rules are now of the amount of times you could put on pads per week, you I don't know if you can have back-to-back dates, how many back-to-back days. I mean, everything is just so laxed 
compared to 10, 20 years ago that I hope training camps, training camps should be tough. Like you should walk away from viewing an NFL practice saying, wow, those guys worked hard, especially when they have full pads on. And during the Shermer and McAdoo years, I was not walking away from those fully padded practice saying, wow, those guys really worked hard. So I, I hope that is a thing, this camp where they actually work hard. Because it was a thing during Judge. The red jerseys have been the the talk of training camp right now is guys having to deal with injuries. Um, Dable finally kind of cracked to the press a little bit and said, he's like, hey, some guys that are in red jerseys, if this was training camp, they wouldn't be. So it's precautionary. So the guys being in red jerseys, like Kenny Galladay, Shep, obviously, Kadarius Tony, it doesn't bother me they're not practicing in these things. What really, nothing has changed me is those guys are injury-prone players. You know, so obviously we'd like to see him out there, but Kenny Galladay was running routes in the red jersey. He looked fine. Um, Tony is off the side. You know, he's not running routes, but he did deal have a surgery, according to Pat Leonard. Um, you know, Andrew Thomas, we know his deal. They're letting him play it. So, so uh, I'm not worried about the fact that they're not practicing in in these OTAs and mini camps. But the there's injury prone players on this team, and that's the worry. You know, regardless if they're practicing if they are practicing here or if they weren't. Yeah, nothing's changed. Uh, nothing's changed. The medical staff hasn't changed. Um, I actually want to do a deep dive uh, throughout these next five, six weeks, and I want to take a look and see if some past media guides are available where you know almost every employee is listed. I want to see how much has this medical staff changed year in and year out. Um, you know, obviously the players haven't changed much. Obviously, there's just new faces, and you know, with the eleven draft picks, however UDFA's, however many UDFA's. So there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of new players, but. The major significant players, they haven't changed. So hurt players kind of stay hurt. And if you have the same medical staff that's doing the same thing, then odds are those players are going to stay hurt. So that definitely is a concern heading into this year, just because that's something that Joe Shane has talked about that he wanted to change. And it may not change this year, which sucks. Yeah, it's it's a wait and see point. At, at It's wait and see at this point with it's, injuries. It's wait and see, but... If you're worried about that as a Giants fan, like if you're worried about the team's health, like obviously you can't do anything about it now. Like nobody can do anything about it, but it is a worry. June 9th, it is very okay to be worried about are the Giants going to be a hurt team like they were last year? But then you also sit back and think, well, what happened to 2020 that we were one of the healthiest teams in the NFL? So it's a very frustrating thing to talk about because I don't know if anybody has an answer to it. If they did have an answer to it, they would solve it. And that's the thing when it comes to injuries is because everyone wants an answer. It's like, well, is it the turf on the field? Is it the training stuff? Sometimes it's just, like you said, 2020, they were one of the healthiest teams, and Joe Judge literally came out with numbers on that uh, uh, in training camp last year when he was getting criticized for his practices. He's like, look at it, look at uh, last year. We were the one, the healthiest, one of the healthiest teams in the year. We had guys coming back from injuries the quickest. Um, and this past year, so I really, I think it really comes down to, yes, training staffs come have something to do with but how well does that individual player take care of his body and there's freak accidents like Blake Martinez who's never had an injury who gets injured and there's injury prone players like Kenny Galladay, Adore Jackson, Sterling Shepard uh what looks like it'll be with Tony there's guys who are just injury prone so um it's frustrating but it's it's one of those things that's like I just don't know what you, you know what to do about it I just think it's it's just one of those things no, that happens there's I don't think there's anything you can do about it like I said but as a fan, very okay if you're worried about it. And I know it's June, and this is the time for optimism, but very okay if that is something you are worried about. Let's talk about another guy who's had some injury issues who is out there practicing, and that's Saquon Barkley. Um, 
all the reports are that he kind of he looks more explosive, you know. And this was before he had his his press conference uh, on on Wednesday. But it's like he looks kind of back to his normal self, like they're practicing on air. But you you see a little more burst out of him. Uh, you know, we've talked about how they're going to involve him in the receiving game. That's been a talking point. And Saquon came out and flat out admitted it. You know, for a guy who doesn't give much to the media, Saquon said he's like. I'm feeling confident again and kind of getting some of my swag back as a player, you know. And he's like, I didn't really – he said he didn't have that last year, you know, compared to earlier years in his career. And I think that's huge because Saquon Barkley, he wasn't as explosive in 2021 compared to his former self. And also, he was hesitant, hesitant at times. Now, part of that was the offensive line being so bad in front of him that he was he's never going to be like a Wayne Gallman type where it's just bam, bam, I'm getting downhill as fast as possible. But he did look hesitant. And I think that's – I think Saquon's health is one of the biggest wild cards this year is what does Saquon get back to? Because you've talked about it. You know, it's that second year off of that major injury that you really kind of get back to your former self. So that's going to be interesting to see. Not not necessarily if Saquon can be healthy for all 17 games, but when he's out there on the field, does he look like 2018, 2019? Or does he still look more like last year where he was hesitant and didn't have the burst? And just as much as we talk about the knee and the ankle or whatever health-wise, we also talk about the head and the the, the mental aspect of the game too. And I think, uh, especially as a running back, the, your, 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 your mindset is a huge part of it. And I think Saquon Barkley is one of those players that he takes his mindset very seriously and you know, if his mindset's bad, he's going to be a bad football player. If his mindset's good and he's a, you know, and he has that killer mentality, I think he would say Mamba mentality. You know, if you have that, then he's going to feel uh, a lot better. So it's, I'm happy to hear that he is openly saying that, hey, these last two years, I have not been confident, but now I am feeling more confident. So the ability for him to actually reflect on that and say it, uh, it's, it's a good sign. So yes, just can he get back to that self? Because last year was just a perfect storm of him not having the same burst coming off the injury, him not having the confidence in his knee, and then the offensive line having Nate Solder getting blown up, Billy Price and Matt Skura getting blown up, Will Hernandez getting shed, um, you know, and, and Andrew Thomas wasn't as dominant as he was his rookie year in the run game. So uh, it's Saquon really is the wild card this year. And forget about his future after this year, just as like on the field play, he really is the wild card on this team, I think is how, what is Saquon Barkley? Is he able to average 4.85 yards a pop like he was his first two years in the, uh, his, his career? Is he able to create touchdowns off of one play? Where last year, he flat out couldn't. He was a bad running back last year. Yep. Yep, I agree. <clears throat> All right. And if you want to bet on Saquon Barkley's yards and over-unders, which will be an episode we do next month, Ooh. sliding the stacks of cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what. Win or lose, looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during MLB season? Uh, with, with DraftKings, same game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademark used with permission. And here is Zach Rosenblatt of MJ.com. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. 
All right, we had the wrap up mini camp with our good friend Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com. Zach, what's going on? How's it feel uh, being on on the beat with uh, the new coaching staff? I'm on the beat with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it did. Uh, it, it feels good. Yeah, I don't know. It's don't funny. don't try and get critique my you know my sentence, sorry, Mr. I'm Journalist. Sorry. You want to win the Tony Award? That was very rude of me. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, you know this is my this is my first time dealing with like a coaching change because I started covering the Giants and Judges first year, whereas like the rest of the beat is kind of like used to the whole routine. So you try to you know, when a new coaching staff comes in, all of a sudden everybody loves everything about it. They do things differently. The energy's different. And so you try not to like read into that stuff too much because, you know, that's the same thing that everybody says when a new coaching staff comes in. I even think about like everybody's been like raving about when Martindale and all excited about him and they're acting like Patrick Graham didn't exist the last two years where he was like for a stretch, like the most popular guy in town. So, um, you know, you try to, you try to like measure, keep it measured in your approach, but you know, yeah, you know, it's been interesting. They definitely do things differently. I think I'm sure we're going to get into all of this, like the the way they do things on offense, I think is pretty clearly going to be at least they're going to try more things and be more aggressive and, you know, not try and avoid mistakes as opposed to, you know, just trying to, you know, letting Danny Jones play loose, all that stuff. So there's a lot to be encouraged by, but it's, just, it's obviously too early to really matter yet. You mentioned Tony Award. Now, there have been some people that have done some public things to really vouch themselves for the Tony Award. Art Stapleton asked a question that I wanted to be asked. And then he quote tweeted said question said uh, a, a fan wanted this question to be asked and I want it to be known that I am a man of the people. Jordan Ronan publicly said that we're very very fun and cool on his podcast. Or is there anything that you're planning on uh, advoc being a, more of an advocate for the like going for I, that Tony if told, Award? If I told you ahead of time, it wouldn't be that as good. But okay, yeah, I got some stuff in my back pocket. Yeah, all right, right it's, on. We we've truly created an award to get people to do <laughs> things for us. I still think I was robbed last time, but I'm not trying not to you know bring that into my campaign this year. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know, there's there's you can set the precedent that if you think you've had an election stolen from you, just go at it again. You know, that's not going to happen anytime in the <laughs> in America. Anytime I would like a re- I would like a recount uh, anytime <laughs> soon. Uh, all right, let's get into some New York Giants news. Um, and I'm specifically talking about Bobby Skinner, Justin Panic 2020, if you're wondering. Um, Justin's wearing one. There's a lot of guys wearing red shirts. Um, <laughs> Dable kind of like he he seems to be getting like kind of frustrated with some of the injury questions and and whatnot. But do you think it's like do these matter or are they simply playing it safe or is it like what do you what is your read on like the so many guys and prominent guys being in red jerseys throughout all OTAs and minicamp? Yeah, I. I think it really is a playing it safe. I think, I mean, there are obviously some guys dealing with more serious ones like Sterling Shepard or Nick Gates, Matt Parrott. Um, some that are a little more like you don't really know what's going on with them. Like, I mean, like Thibodeau, I, I get this sense that he should be okay for training camp. And a guy like Galladay, like, I, I don't even know what that injury is. Um, but yeah, I, I, I get, you know, I, I even heard with like a, a couple players in particular that they, like if they had to play a game this week, they'd be fine. But the coaching staff was like, take it easy. Like we want to get you to training camp. You know, guys like Darnay Holmes, Aaron Robinson. Um, I think Thibodeau is in that group. Galladay. Um, maybe even Katarius Tony, though. I, I know he has, like, a new injury, so it's hard to say with that one. But, yeah, I think I think a lot of this is, you know, I think they wanted to – a lot of this stretch was, you know, installing the playbook, getting guys to learn the plays, getting to know everybody. Lend some of these, you know, bubble roster guys and undrafted rookies maybe get some reps and – Daniel Jones gets some reps with some new players and his new offensive line, like stuff like that. I think that was the main goal of the 
spring. I didn't think they wanted to force it. They didn't want to any, – any guy that they, they feel like is for sure going to be playing for this team, I don't think they wanted to risk anything. So I, that's my sense. It's not like uh, – Dable wasn't necessarily willing to admit that, but I do think they were taking it easy with a lot of these guys. He definitely doesn't enjoy the injury questions. He, he said he was going to be vague in the next day. He just – he said, I'm not going to answer that. And then he realized, like, maybe you shouldn't just flat out say I'm not going to answer that. And kind of awakening when the season comes around. And like, cor- corrected himself on it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, yeah, it's it's been hard to decipher from the outside looking in because, you know, like, like I, like, you know, you saw clips of Kenny Galladay yesterday and he's like, he looks fine. But yeah. then, you know, Kadarius Tony, you know, reportedly had some surgery a month ago or whatever it was. So um, I guess it's playing safe, but it just, it's a lot of guys who have had injury issues that are in those uh, red jerseys, which I guess and makes as, sense. And as more time goes by, like I'm getting a little bit more concerned. And I know you, like, you look at the context, and yeah, if there was a game next week, they would be able to play. And if you look at the guys that are on the side, it's like, well, yeah, Shep's coming off a major injury. Blake's coming off a major injury. Andrew Thomas is coming off ankle surgery. So if you look at if you look at it individually, it could be a, a cause for maybe to, 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 to take that breath. But also, this is the same medical staff from from what I know. I mean, you did bring back, um, you know, Sterling Shepard, who is just naturally an injury-prone player. Kenny Galladay is still here. Kadarius Tony is still here. So the players that got hurt last year, relatively all of them are still here with that same medical staff, like I said. So, I mean, uh, it's not yeah, really like, a, like, it's not I, really a I, question, I, but... Yeah. yeah, no, no. I It's a good point because I, I wrote some, like, final thoughts after practice was canceled today about just, like, everything I saw and heard in the spring. And, I, and my, my the thing I said in there about the injuries was, like, I don't think the Giants really get the benefit of the doubt anymore when it comes to like, you know, it's only the spring because these are all guys, especially a receiver. I think that's the main spot where you're like, these guys need to get on the field. We saw last year, you know, we were, you know, you kind of, everybody kept saying, you know, once the season gets here, they'll get time together or whatever. Like we went most of training camp, Canaris Tony didn't practice. Kenny Galladay missed half of it. Shepard was healthy, I believe. I mean, it's so, so long ago at this point, but he was, he was, but he already had, he already had played with Daniel Jones before. So that almost didn't even matter relative to the other guys. So, these guys need to get, they didn't even get that many reps with them during the season. If you think about it. So um, especially not together at the same time, like, so that's my main concern is the the receiver situation. Like if, if there had been offensive linemen that had been out, I mean, Andrew Thomas, like, I don't think you, you, you worry about him getting healthy and all that stuff, but you don't worry about him, like not being in tune with everything. Like if other, if other guys on the offensive line had been injured, cause they're a completely new group and they're trying to learn how to play with each other. And if Shane Lemieux is there, like Andrew Thomas knows what he can do and stuff like that. So I'm not as worried. Like, there but yeah i think the receiver one concerns me those are guys that have been hurt their entire careers that's their biggest question uh they need all three of them this year if this offense is going to improve um you know as, as much criticism as some of those guys get for how they play last year and all that um they, they need these guys healthy and they need them playing and if you want to get a real evaluation of daniel jones you're going to be able to get it better with those guys than with wandell robinson being your number one wide receiver as promising as he might be so obviously two new coordinators, whole new coaching staff, everything, everything like that outside of Thomas McGahee. But you know who cares about special teams? We don't. Um, not only offense, because obviously a lot's been written on the offense with the personal grouping frequency and the formations and stuff like that. But even on the defensive side of the ball too, where there was talk I know this week about the defense giving the offensive line fits and problems. So you know, what I guess what's your initial thoughts on Wink and you know what what they're bringing two practices from what you've seen in terms of the, the blitz rate, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I think the way he structures the defense and the way he blitzes and the way he moves guys all over the field, um, even guys are going to play in spots that you'd be like, 
that would be surprising if you had said it before camp, like Ellerson Smith kind of snaps at like middle linebacker and on the inside. And, and um, I think it's more just like to confuse the, the offense and, you know, he'll rush from the middle as opposed to from the outside kind of thing. I did see him drop back in coverage at one point. Um, you see like Julian Love up in the box, Dane Belton up in the box. Like, so I think it, especially for a team that's, you know, learning a new offense, I think the defense is probably going to have the upper hand with that kind of scheme, maybe even throughout training camp. So it's going to be hard to kind of discern because, that you know they're throwing all these different looks at them and um and they're not really going and knowing what wing martindale is going to do necessarily although i i guess the, i mean at certain points they will where you do certain things just based on what you're doing in that drill and the team drill and all that stuff but yeah i would say you know i think it's going to be like uh very boomer bust with this defense would be my guess for the season you know they're going to be taking a lot of risks a lot of blitzing i think as you guys know the secondary is a big question mark for this team uh, a lot of young guys back there um so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I think it's going to be very fun defense to watch. I think you're going to see some guys maybe get highlighted more than they would have in, like, Patrick Graham's defense. Uh, but the, I also don't know how the talent level is, especially on the back end. So it's going it's to be interesting to see how that plays out. And something that was even, you know, that we're thinking about as the season approaches is, oh, is Wink Martindale maybe going to take it easy on the blitz rate since he doesn't have those guys in the back end? And I guess at least, uh, you know, mandatory minicamp, that's not going to happen. So... <laughs> well, I, and I, well, I think a big part of it is a lot of they've done a lot of packages where they have like three safeties out there or they yeah. have like five like like with the Ellerson Smith in the middle or Jihad Ward uh, rushing as like a in, in, from the middle or whatever. Like these are so they're having like extra rushers on there, extra defensive back. Yeah. So I, I think that's why they're blitzing where you're not seeing maybe as many traditional inside linebackers in there or traditional defensive linemen outside of Dexter and uh, Leonard Williams. All right. Uh, there's quite a dichotomy between a Joe judge practice and a Brian Dable practice, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's early. Like, you know, things can change. Obviously judge didn't even, if you remember judge didn't even get these practices uh, in 2020, right. which is kind of crazy to think about in retrospect, considering how many we just covered. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely looser. Like I, I know others have pointed this out. Like the biggest thing you notice, like the J- Joe judge became known for the running laps thing which really wasn't as big of a deal as it was made out to be, I feel like, but it got to a point where like, if you made a mistake, like these players are probably scared to make mistakes in practice, which, you know, I don't, I, I think Dable carries the approach of the opposite where he wants these guys not to be afraid of making mistakes. So, you know, when they make a mistake, they don't necessarily yank a guy out. You know, I've seen some of the back offensive linemen, if they got like a false start or something, maybe they sub them out, but generally I, ha- I didn't really see them punish guys for making mistakes, maybe in the film room or something like that. It came up stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, so I think that's the big thing. It's, you know, he's listening to his players. Um, and one one big thing that we found out yesterday is that he, he's not going to be doing like a leadership council, which Joe Judge did, where, you know, you pick out like however many leaders and you go to them uh, to make a lot of the decisions about, you know, if you're going to practice this day, how hard you go. Dable said he doesn't think, you know, limiting it to that to just a few players is really fair to everybody else. Um, he wants to like listen to everybody just because you're, you know, a guy in your first year or a guy in your 10th year, like, um, everybody should have an equal say in how everything's going. I, th- I think that that's interesting. I mean, I, he's not the only coach to ever approach it that way. And there's certainly a lot of teams use leadership councils too, but that, that was something that caught my ear that that was uh, definitely a difference from Joe judge. Yeah. And I, I remember there was a, a, a Cunningham uh, Quincy Roche fight a couple weeks ago. And supposedly there was at least no external punishment uh, for and that. There, and there were certainly no gassers like that fight in, uh, in training camp that went crazy with Logan Ryan and the, uh, I'm blanking on a Corey Clement. Yeah. Corey Clement. Gosh. Yeah. I couldn't remember who that was either. Corey Clement, Xavier McKinney. Yeah. It was, that was, that was pretty wild. <laughs> um, yeah. Nothing like that. So it, it, suppose I was actually watching Jihad Ward 
make Daniel Bellinger really uh, uncomfortable on Instagram Live, and he mentioned something about maybe a fight being this pat a fight happening this past Friday. So um, we'll see. I mentioned Bellinger. I think um, that was the day we weren't there. So yeah, yeah, it was on Friday. Yeah, they he just he like asked somebody, was there a fight? And they said some O line D line thing, I guess. Uh, okay. Um. Uh. I didn't have this question written down, but since I brought him up, are can we get excited about Daniel Bellinger? Because it seems like he's the first team tight end already. I, I mean, I guess it depends on like what your expectations are for him. Like, if you're expecting him to come out, you know, and like, you know, in terms of like win your fantasy league or something like that. Like, I wouldn't expect that. Like, I don't know if he's going to put up huge numbers, but I think he pretty clearly is at least going to enter training camp as the starting tight end. I would say, um, Ricky Seals Jones has been buried on the depth chart more than I expected. I. Dable tried to play it off like it's not really that big of a deal, but it was pretty consistently that he wasn't running very many reps at the ones. Um, so, yeah, I think Bellinger, you know, I think he he brings the best combination of pass catching and blocking that they have. He's not going to be a down the field guy. I don't think I didn't really see them throw it to him down the field like at all. I didn't see him line out on the outside during like seven on sevens or something at one point. Um, but he's not like as versatile as like a Evan Ingram or whatever. Complete opposite player of Evan, Evan Ingram. But yeah, I'm, I'm encouraged by him. I think out of the rookies that you know if you be on the obvious guys in the first round i think he's probably the most likely to start in week one i would say which yeah that's that's so i'm excited so yes the answer is yes i can get excited because i i, <laughs> I want him to start week one yes, I, guess, yeah. I was just worried that you know how it, you know how it is with coaching staff especially with day three guys there can sometimes be a, a very hesitant to play them you know like yeah, julian I, say, I think that that was one of the surprising things about dable and wink honestly is that i think historically coaches don't like to give rookies especially non-first round picks like first team reps this early like they, they want them to earn it kind of thing and you know he was getting first team reps and if Cordell Flott and the nickel and you have Dame Belton getting some first team reps at safety and I mean Juan Dale is more because of everybody being injured but like I, I found that very interesting that they're they're giving these guys I mean because ultimately this team is going to be by the end of the season they're going to be playing all these guys a lot and so you might as well get them ready now. Yeah, in a way, I was almost going to ask, do they have a choice? Do they even have a yeah. choice of like, you know, yeah. like you said, even though if, if they want to keep him down now, by the end of the season, somebody's going to get hurt. Multiple people are going to get hurt. Do they even have a choice on to just not play them now? Because this team generally is, you look up and down, it is pretty young, like up and down the board anyway. So, I mean, they by the time the 53-man roster is set, they probably will have more rookies and like free agents they sign this offseason, which I think is probably pretty rare where you have that many rookies um, and that few like free agents they brought in from the outside. So yeah, this is gonna be a very young team. And I think that that's a positive in a lot of ways, because it means they're fully rebuilding, but there's gonna be some bumps in the road, certainly. Yeah, you know, 11 draft picks. It's, it's, yeah. you know, what, like 14 UDFAs. Um, I mean, I'd expect all 11 to make it. Um, and a few of the UDFAs. It's hard to tell with UDFAs right now, just because the third team and second team guys don't get as many reps. But yeah. is, uh, is there a UDFA that's kind of popped out out? at you in, in these? Uh, I wrote down a couple names. I think Austin Allen got like a couple first team reps the other day. I don't think he necessarily did anything that I noticed, but I think that's notable. Zion Gilbert has made some plays against the backups. I like that. Uh, I haven't really noticed Yusuf Corker or Deshaun Corbin. Um, i trying to think if there was anyone else. Not off the top of my head. I think those are the main guys, I would say. Who, who's the, You mentioned Deshaun. Who's the first back after um, Brita? Is it Brightwell or Antonio Williams or Antonio Williams and Gary Good. Brightwell a little bit. I've noticed Williams. I've noticed more than the other two guys, but again, this it's hard to, with the third stringers and stuff like that. It's really hard to read anything right now. Once they actually get into the training camp, you'll be able to tell better. Right. 
going back to the Dable Judge stuff, what is there anything that since you know the day he was hired till now that you've learned from him from media sessions now that he's gotten a handful of them? On Dable, you said? Yeah. Anything I've learned from him that he's got. Um Are you not looking forward to having to like that he's the head coach, then you have you have to try and get quotes from him from this season and be honest. <laughs> I mean when when you phrase it that way, like yeah, he, he doesn't give away much. Like he's not like he doesn't, especially if you like ask him about a specific player, like unless you phrase it in the right way, he doesn't really get in, especially if it's defensive players, uh, which I mean is not that uncommon for like an offensive coach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, I don't know if that necessarily surprised me. I think you could kind of get that vibe as we were talking to him in the early going and like owners meetings and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You, but the, the, the vibe around the practices is, is very loose. And, you know, you see him kind of he bounces around all over the place, which Joe Judge did, too. Uh, but it's a little different. Like he he's not like, you know. I don't know. He's not like sticking his head into the position and like taking over maybe as much as Joe Judge would have. Um, but the, the interesting, I, I'm, I still am curious to see how it plays out with like the play calling stuff. Uh, like it, it seemed like Mike Kafka. I think Mike Kafka when he spoke to us said that he like calls the plays to the quarterbacks. I don't know if that means he's like calling the plays necessarily. So I, I am curious to see how that plays out if Dable has decided that yet. Um, I think that's gonna be one of the more interesting like things uh, once we get back here. Uh, how they approach that. Yeah, they've tried to keep that under wraps of what they plan on doing, but right now it seems Kafka will will call the plays, which is which is something I'd like. Hopefully, they he keeps telling us when we ever really ask him that he's like, I'll let you guys know. Um, so I hope they don't. He doesn't do the Joe Judge thing last year where he refused to tell us that it was Freddie Kitchens, even though you could like just watch the the games and see that he was calling the plays from the sideline or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> um, brutal. So I'm hoping it's not like that level of secrecy uh, from this regime, but we'll see. Um. Maybe I'm I'm putting you on the spot here. They're gonna have the training camp with the fans there, and you know we'll be there with the van, so you'll get to come hang out in the van, have a good time. Um, we'll put a camera on you. Do you do you have you heard anything about the fan fest? This is my ask everybody question now. <laughs> I've I've not heard. I, maybe I'll try and ask around about that. Um, yeah, no, I haven't heard anything about. It. I am I'm very excited for the fans to get there. I haven't covered a Giants training camp yet with fans there, so. I've it's, never been to one either, so I'm excited to get there. It, it really is. I mean, last year it kind of stunk, obviously, because I think they could have done it. Um, no, they could have. Uh, but you know, you know, th- that'll make it even better this year when everybody's out there. I mean, it's a new regime, a lot to be ex- excited about. Um, I mean, this is going to be the sort of team that has a lot of guys that are like unknown and young. So there's going to be a lot of like training camp heroes or whatever. You know, that I think my pick for that this year is Travis Toy Bone, and I think he's the early favorite to be like the training camp guy. We he think like, so too. We've been we, we've been mentioned first, the other either as many or more first team reps than Darius Slayton. So um, well, he's a he's a big wide receiver. He's yeah, wearing number thirteen. He's guy, like interesting name that like you never really heard before. Yeah, those are all the key elements. He's got all the makings of a preseason superstar. Like people are off the sales army. You know, there's still some people on there, but he got some playing time. Even though. People do forget David Sills led the team in receiving versus Chicago in, in week seventeen. And, and people forget that he, he does have ties to the Bills coaching staff, like the Bills guys. He like Yeah, yeah. They tried to sneak him on the practice squad yeah. and the Giants uh yeah, scooped they, him up. They know him. Like I I mean, because you look at like like Austin Prohl or Robert Foster, or, you know, they're <laughs> guys that are probably technically competing with him, though those guys didn't really stand out. Um like they had all those Bills ties, but so does Sills, so can't hurt. Yeah. I just got Three really people. excited. Um I just got really excited because we were talking about camp. Really excited to see how Kadarius Tony is going to interact with 
Bleachers, oh, bleachers of fans screaming at him. The Kadarius Tony show is going to be the thing that everybody's looking at, at least in terms of media and like the diehards like you guys. I think everybody is just dying to see what he looks like, what he says when he eventually talks to us. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. It won't be much when he talks to us, but um, there's a lot has happened since the last time he spoke, obviously. So um, yeah. it's going to be very, it's going to be, I mean, he's like, that's, that's the thing about him, man. He's like, I mean, his Instagram is always a journey. Um, He's just a character. Like I've never covered a player like him. Uh, he always gives us something to talk about. Sometimes I wish we could just talk about the football stuff, but um, and he, and he's just very talented. So like you, you hope it works out in that sense because he like he, in that Cowboys game and that Saints game. People for always only bring up the Cowboys game. I thought he was awesome in the Saints game too. So, yeah, he had eighty yards in that game. He had that he play where it was like third and seventeen, and he caught it at the line of scrimmage and got a first down. Insane and defenders between him and the first down marker. So I. It- you hope he's healthy because I, I mean I, I've been on like fantasy football shows like podcasts or radio shows uh, this off season and they're always you know they go through each guy and they ask and they're like so who are these receivers do you trust the most I don't know if I trust any of the receivers the most but like Kadarius Tony's the one that like has the, such a high ceiling obviously a low floor too but it's such a high ceiling of what he can be that it's like man and especially if they move him around like I think they're going to get him on the outside more uh, get him in the slide get him in the backfield like if he can stay healthy and, you know, in shape and like, it, it, he's just such an exciting guy, player. So we'll see him just his only issue, not his only issue, but the main issue is staying healthy. If he's healthy, it's going to work out. All the That's, other stuff will not be a big deal. If he's healthy. Cause you mentioned the Cowboys game. Remember the Rams game? He had three catches for 40 yards on the first five passing plays of the game. You know, and like you mentioned, and one of those was on a third and 12 on a speed out. Which it was like, if Kadarius Tony's not on the field, the Giants aren't converting that and getting down the field for I, a field I even goal. heard from somebody associated with the Rams that were like, the, the coaching staff was like, they were kind of scared of Tony. That They were like, they were, I mean, they obviously wanted, you don't want anybody getting hurt, but they weren't pissed that they didn't have to defend them that game. Yeah. He, he was coming off that stretch. That Cowboys game was the week before, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he, he has that game-changing ability that really nobody else on the offense um, has. You know, Saquon, if he's healthy, you know, and... That's I think that's something to keep an eye on is Saquon too because, anyways, I don't feel like doing the whole Saquon conversation, but I'm I'm excited to see if he can he can be healthy and get back to you know his former self. Yeah. I mean Saquon and Tony being healthy that those are like two versatile, movable pieces that I don't know many teams have like two guys like that. So that I mean, that it would at least be fun to watch. Yeah, they're they're the two guys who add uh you know from one play from your own twenty will add points to that drive. And, on, and they're on guys one that play. can score anytime they touch the ball. I mean, even though Tony didn't technically score last year, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um. Who's going to be the? Uh, you know, I won't put you in that position. Are you going to be the first person to bite the bullet on it and ask Kadarius Tony himself about the trade rumors this offseason? I mean, there would be a lot of contenders to ask that question. <laughs> yeah, Pat will ask it. Let him do uh, it. Pat will ask, I mean, anybody, a lot of these guys. I think that's going to be very interesting. I think. Do you want to be the first? Like, do you? Are you going to be up there? Get, I mean, gonna, not getting, ask, in, not getting in his face. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, it's. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like asking the first question because a lot of time people just kind of sit there waiting for somebody to ask the first one. Um, Go for uh, it. Do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It just depends on the setting. And I don't know how training camp like availability is going to work either. So um, we'll see. Yeah. Justin's just like, please make him hate you. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's not an issue already. So um, We'll finish it up. What do you make make of a Zudu, uh, Josh Zudu, practicing at offensive tackle? Yeah, that surprised me. Um, 
because they at first when Thomas was out, they were going Corey Cunningham. I thought maybe Matt Gano would have gotten some reps there, but it doesn't seem like they really view him as like a swing. Is Gano in red? I think he I can't remember if he was. There's so many guys in red. I can't remember. <laughs> Um, but he was, I think he was practicing with the second team at right tackle. Like, I don't think he missed any team reps. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's surprising that they were giving Zudu as many reps at left tackle. He like, he was especially like the last week or two, he was almost exclusively at left tackle. So I, I did not see that coming. I thought he even had a chance to push for a week one starting gig at left guard. It seems like Shane Lemieux is pretty entrenched there. It's early. Um, but yeah, that's surprising. I, that, that kind of tells me that they, they want to make Zudu like the swing backup at like every spot side center maybe this season, which is interesting. And I think, you know, hurts a guy like maybe a Gano or a Matt Parrott when he gets back. Uh, if, Cause if they're fighting for their roster, life. Garcia and, too, he's not yeah. a lock. Yeah. Yeah. Garcia is another one. That's kind of surprised me how they've used them. Um, like it, it felt like they were adding like five different guys. They were going to beat at left guard. And now it just seems like they have their starter and their backup. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think, bunch of those veteran guys are more competing for like the backup center job and the backup guard job, which I didn't expect. Like we've seen Jamil Douglas, uh, Max Garcia and Ben Bredesen uh, all getting center reps. Um, you hope Feliciano doesn't get hurt. <laughs> I'd say that, but um, yeah, I don't know. The offensive line, the, the depth is a concern. Certainly like the backup offensive line is look brutal. I think that's pretty normal for most teams anyway, but right. um, I'd be concerned if any of the starting five gets hurt this season. So. All right, Justin, you got anything else? All right, that's an interview. Um, <laughs> you do that all the time now? Just for you. We've entrenched that, that, that. That's just for you. Zach, where can people find your work? You're, you're, one, it, you do them in training camp, but your OTA, your mini camp, like practice wrap-ups, are they're must-read every single day. Oh, thank you. I, I really enjoy writing those, and I, I keep doing them because I do get good feedback on them, and I, I don't know, I like doing it. Um, even like the, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it's hard. You think there's not anything going on in like the light practices where they don't really do much. And then I come up with a bunch of stuff. You see a lot of stuff happening. So I do enjoy writing. But yeah, you can find me at, at Zach Blad, Z-A-C-K on Twitter. Uh, still be writing a lot of giant stuff uh, on our website, nj.com slash giants. have a lot of stuff coming down the pike that I think's going to be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this off season and uh, get in the van with you guys in July. Yeah, we'll see you in the big black van at MetLife, MetLife uh, or Quest Diagnostics or Wherever. And uh, so we'll, we'll see you then. Appreciate you. I'm the best. All right. Thank you so much to Zach Rosenblatt for coming on the show. We're going to hang out with him in the van, in a black van with a camera, looking in on the van in training camp. And before we get the giant stories and talking about Bobby Skinner going to Coney Island, uh, gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner. You know what, gentlemen and ladies, it's Father's Day. Get something nice for your father. If you're worried about his hygiene, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure that all the father figures out there are looking like daddy material this June. Hello. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Giants at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Manscaped is designed with fathers in mind and all men, and the performance package 4.0 is here just in time for your pops' special day. Of course, there is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. There's a weed whacker ear 
hair and nose trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all his goodies. That is what is inside the performance package 4.0. Dads love their comfort. They just launched their boxer briefs 2.0. Make sure that you get them. It'll hold the family jewels in place. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code giants at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code giants. Shake what your mama gave you. Nah, shake what your daddy gave you with Manscaped. Word up. All right, Justin, thanks again for Zach Rosenblatt coming on. Uh, we got giant stories. Um, but first, I want to talk about this lemonade thing. Oh, wow. Teasing I, giant stories. We just talked with Patreon and, and our boss, Jake. I think this might happen. I don't know. I'm... Part of me is a little conflicted because it's like 4th of July is my favorite holiday and I'm not going to get to spend it at the beach and this with my family. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I know. And the content. The continent um, is continent. what I'd be doing it for. Like, it's, you know, it's like I gotta, I'm got. i going to go there, make an asshole out of myself. I'm going to have a talking giant sticker on my forehead. So, if, if listen, if John Boy Media is willing to do it, I'm a slave to the content. I will do it. If you don't do it, you're going to be sitting... Ten years from now, at a fourth at a random Fourth of July celebration, I know you take it very seriously, but if you don't do it, you're going to be sitting ten years from now saying, "Damn, I wish I would have done it." It it all depends on if John Boyd Media is willing to bring me up there for it. Which I'm I think not... I think they will, and it, and it sounds like Jake and his fiance are also super into it. So, can you explain actually like what happened and why we're talking about this? So, Badlands Booker, who is like, like if you watch the hot dog contest, he does the rap at the beginning with the sure. main guy. And I'm a hot dog contest like connoisseur. Like it's it's a big deal to me. Um, and so he had an Instagram post, um, picking. He's like, hey, uh, comment, you know, whatever to uh, you know enter a raffle to be in the hot in the, the lemonade chugging contest at the Fourth of July hot dog contest on Coney Island. So I entered it, and I kind of had like, hey, if I win it, maybe I'll maybe I'll go. I do want to eventually go to the hot dog contest one day. And I think I got some. Eyes is closed. Oh, Bobby Skinner. Mm. <laughs> you are in, my brother, okay? So, man, this is the field this year. Canadian Racing League. All right. So you're so, in. Yeah, and I'm going to have to make sure I get on TV. I'm going to make an... I'm gonna, there's going to be stickers everywhere. I think there's a chance that they're going to hate me at the end of it. Um, you know, because I'm sure they don't want people going on there and like turning it into a sponsorship, but that's what I'm going to do. Okay. Fair. Uh, lemonade drinking, lemonade chugging for 40 so seconds. Here's the thing. Bad. I watched it last year and Badlands Booker won it in 40 seconds. He only faced one person. Um, so he's going to win it, obviously. Like, there's no way I'm going to win it. But part of me would like to take second. So, like, out of all the other people, I could win out of them. That could be. But the other part of me wants to just. When he's done, just dump the lemonade on my head. Yeah, I just mm. make a spectacle of myself. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of options that can happen. But regardless, you know, two years ago, we were joking about glizzies, the glizzy contest, and still our most viewed it's video. Part, it's part of our brand. We have to do it. The you most viewed video I mean. on Talking Giants Twitter history is from the hot dog contest. Like, that's yes. just a fact. So, um, you know... It's why it's why uh, I think it's gonna. Ha- if John Boy Media is willing to do it, we can, we can do it. So. You go and watch film of like obviously 
college football players and you just go watch film of like, because you like schematic stuff. So sometimes you'll just watch film of guys like that. Just fun, just fun plays. What you have to do is you have to go back and watch film of other hot dog eating contests or lemonade chugging contests and see what things people do that's cool. And then maybe you have to like come up with your own stuff. I mean, it's a copycat league. That's what they say. I mean, I did always win the chugging contests, like at parties and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I could always, like I, I always would win that. Um, so I feel like I just got that natural athletic ability to get it done. Um, when we meet up and you get your iced teas or whatever from Duncan, I'll look. You get it ten minutes it's later. Co- it's gone. black coffee. Black co- like you get a large and it's gone. And I'm like, you're. It's gonna run through you. You're like, I'll oh, be all right. They fill them with ice pretty heavy, so it's I have them. It's but still yeah, a lot. I, I mean, my trash can is just every day full with water bottles. So, all right, let's get into giant stories. Um, play the freaking music. Mm. The rookies, all the rookies, were at the Yankees game. They went uh, as is tradition. Andre Miller, uh, tight end out of Maine slash wide receiver, he was at the Rangers game, but he was up high. You know who wasn't? Julian Love, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, Justin wow. Ellis. So all the defense. Defensive tackle to Julian Love, all the way they were down low. Speaking of Coney Island and the hot dog contest, that's where Jeremiah Hall was uh, this past weekend, hanging out at Coney Island. Davis Webb and Alex Bachman were at a Coldplay concert at MetLife. Hey, you know how I know you're gay? Sandra Plasmer oh. went to a ring. Have you ever seen 40-Year-Old Virgin? I don't know. <laughs> I have. But yeah, so it's a 40-year-old. Sandra Plasmer was... June, you n- can't say that. Not Yes, you can say that. Sandra Platzgummer was at a Rangers party. He so he didn't even get to go in the game. Kayvon Thibodeau went to and Kayvon Thibodeau went to a Liberty game, and all the Giants had a barbecue. And I saw Dexter Lawrence was playing Giant Jenga. Oh, man, I I really wanted to talk about Jihad Ward, but he didn't. He did, does he post on Instagram at all? He he had an Instagram live, and he was just making Daniel Bellinger the most. He kept on being like, we need to get you a sister. We need to get, like, for, like, 20 minutes was just putting the camera on Daniel Bellinger's face, like, asking him if he wanted to have sex with, like, you know, one of the women in the live chat. That's an odd pair. Yeah, but Bellinger was very clearly um, uncomfortable. He should have just said, like, hey, man, get that fucking camera out of my face. Like, that's all all he had to do. But Bellinger's just like, oh, like, you know, it it is what it is. It's a a four- or five-year vet and a rookie. I get it. I want to talk about uh, Jihad Ward. Uh, I know I know this is not a giant story thing, but I want to talk about Jihad Ward being the leader of the edge rusher room. It sounds good in, in minicamp <laughs> and stuff, but again, will Jihad Ward be good enough to get 20% of the reps? He's going to push Kayvon Thibodeau. I do think there's something to that, but it's just, again, Jihad Ward's got to be a good player too. Yeah. Are, are Leonard Williams, Justin Ellis, and who else bad teammates for not Dexter Lawrence? Dexter Lawrence not welcoming who was who was sitting up up high in the region? Andre game? Miller. He's a UDFA on the other side of the ball out of Maine. Are they bad it, teammates for not It's not on them to give them those tickets are like six hundred bucks. It's it's not on it's not on them to to get him tickets down there. They probably didn't even know that he was going to the game. <laughs> yeah, they pro honestly, like I I 90% sure he didn't know that uh, that they didn't know that he was going. So I would have felt left out. Um, we're recording this before game five. Would assume if Dable 
if the Rangers win tonight and Dable's there, I'm finally in on like the okay, Dable actually is a good it's luck charm and it's not lucky. It's a because thing. the Lightning are a really good team. You know, they won the first two games at home and then Lightning came back, so we'll see. Um anything else, Justin, before we, we close out uh for summer break. No nice. even though we'll be back two 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 times a week. By the way, not this upcoming week, but the week after it's our way too early draft week. Oh, excited for that. I get to talk about somebody that I went to high school with. That is, he's going to be a defensive player from my favorite school, Notre Dame. So get excited for that. I already have, how many players do we do total on each side of the ball? I think we'll do 10 to 12. Um, oh my we'll have gosh. Gr- Grump will be on with us too. Oh, Grump. Okay, then the, is that less players that I have to look at then? Well, we're all going to look at all of them. We'll just have conversations about them. All right. Well, no, I'll, I'll let you and Grump really do the, do the brunt work. And I'll make sure that I know my players that I volunteer for. Um, yeah, PTSD from draft season. It's a lot of work, but we are excited for the early preview. I'm also excited for the over under episode. Uh, what what other episode ty- uh, themes do we have coming up? We may have a couple interviews. We have the way too early Fourth of July mailbag vacation. Oh, we may week. have an exciting interview. Yeah, maybe. maybe. We'll see. All right, Justin, that's it. Um, again, it was a fun OTA mini camp session. So we got a lot coming up. I actually. I, f- I wrote this down. Our good friend, Pess the Analyst, lost yes. his mother. So, Pess, we're thinking of you. Uh, you're one of our favorite people. I love shit-talking you. Um, but we love bread you. with Pest. Yeah, so, Pest, hopefully we get to see you down at training camp or uh, fan fest again. He was Pest is definitely one of those people that just brings the energy at yeah, all times. So. Genuinely good dude, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, we're, 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 feeling, we're feeling the pain with you, Pest. We appreciate it. Uh, and love you. And we love and appreciate all the listeners. So we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Not exactly sure what the episode is going to be, but we'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, let's go Big Blue. <laughs>